special ways, and uh, we've uh, been witness of that, many of you. And so we're excited tonight to hear what God has to say to us, and we want to also let you know that tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock we'll be gathering together, and if you want to come in here for prayer at 6.30, that'll be happening as well. Just prepare your heart to receive from God. And I I want you to believe that uh, during this time your faith is going to be elevated, your... um, your confidence in God is going to go up and the ability for God to work through you is going to be impacted today. And that's what I want you to understand. This is not about one man being used powerfully of God. It's about God teaching us how to be used of him and how to operate in the gifts that God has placed in our lives. And our faith and our confidence in that is going to rise uh, as uh, we experience the ministry and uh, respond to the ministry tonight. So I wonder if you could make welcome our, our minister tonight. Thank you for being with us, Brother Gordon Winslow. God bless you. Right. Praise God. Maybe seated. Oh, it's just always, it's always great to be at church, isn't it? And to be able to go to church on a Monday night, oh man, isn't that, isn't that special? It's just a, a, on an off night. There's so many people that go to church, and if you told them you're at church on Monday, they wouldn't believe it, that anybody goes to church on a Monday night. But the Lord is the Lord. He is God every night of the week. And whatever night you choose to show, to, uh, show up here, God's going to show up with us. Um, I started preaching. I was called to preach in the fifth grade. Um, I was just a little kid. I was a great Catholic. My grandmother made sure I was a good Catholic. And uh, I was just a good Catholic kid. And, and the, they put a, uh, the Gideons. You ever heard of the Gideons? They put a Bible in my hand. Every fifth grader in the state of Texas uh, in those days received a, a New Testament Bible when you're in the fifth grade. I guess they figure when you got to the fifth grade, you're fixed to get into some trouble real soon, and you better get a Bible. And, uh, and I got that Bible. God spoke to me, called me to preach. I didn't know what the call of God was. I just know that when that Bible touched my hand, I felt something, and I cried, and I opened that Bible up. I looked at it. I smelt the pages. I kissed it. And, and I just knew God had spoke to me and that God wanted to do something in my life. I just didn't know what it was. Then I went through all these teenage years, and, you know, when you're a teenager, I don't know, just something happens to you. It's like El Nino. Just, uh, you know, it's just something just different starts happening to you. And, uh, you know, when I kind of, all that feeling I had about God just got pushed back out of the way. And, and then uh, I got married very young. And when I was 20 years old, I, I got in a lot of trouble. And I, and, I, and I remembered God. I remembered that day. And so I decided I'm going to go and I'm going to visit every church in the city. Till I can find a real, true, living God that's alive, that I can know him, I can feel him, I can see him, I'm, I could just have a real personal relationship with Jesus. And that's what this church believes. This church preaches that Jesus is here and that everybody in this building can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's right. And uh, so I started visiting. I ended up in a Pentecostal apostolic church a spirit-filled church like this church and and uh, went to the altar and God uh, filled me with the Holy Ghost. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about those things. The Bible didn't know any of those things. God filled me with the Holy Ghost, gave me power. The Bible says the Holy Ghost is the power of God. 
Now, there's a lot of things in the Bible, you know, we could try to explain them, but I'd rather tonight just telling you what the Bible says. I promise you everything I say tonight, if you want to, after church, we'll go to McDonald's, get a cup of coffee, and I'll show you in the Bible everything that I'm t- talking about right now. I'll give you my word. It is there. And uh, But uh, uh, when you receive the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Bible calls it, when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you know, you speak in other tongues. And uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, spoke in tongues. When uh, the disciples went to the upper room, Acts chapter 2, uh, Jesus made sure that Mary, the, his mother, was in the upper room there praying with about 120 people. And she received the Holy Spirit baptism and spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I also found out when I went to church and received the Holy Spirit, I found out that Peter, my first pope, uh, received the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues also. That he also was there in the upper room. He spoke in other tongues. They were all baptized in water, immersed, not sprinkled, but immersed in water. And they spoke the name of Jesus over them when they were baptized. Nowhere in the Bible is there any other example of any children being baptized. The reason why that we don't baptize little kids, I mean little children, before the age of accountability is because they don't know sin yet. Jesus said you must become as a little child. And so little children don't know sin yet. And uh, they have to reach the age of accountability, which is whatever age it is, they begin to know right from wrong. And that's when they're accountable for their sins. And... Uh, and, and, and so God fills you with the Spirit. You speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. All the apostles spoke in tongues. Jesus spoke in tongues. Uh, all the disciples spoke in uh, The mother of Jesus spoke in other tongues. I spoke in tongues when God baptized me with the Holy Ghost and gave me power uh, that night. Well, I spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. In the book of Corinthians, it says... That when you speak in tongues, your spirit, the inside of you, is speaking to God directly. So that when you speak in tongues, you're speaking in the language of God's spirit. You speak in an unknown tongue. Mark 16, 16 says that they shall speak with new tongues. Tongues is language. And, And so that accompanies the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And all you have to do tonight to receive the Holy Ghost, and you shouldn't go home. Please don't go home without the Holy Ghost tonight. Please. You don't have to. If if, uh, you receive the Holy Ghost and it's not the best thing that's ever happened to you uh, besides your wife and your mother-in-law or your husband and your mother-in-law, if it's not the best thing, I'll buy you a steak dinner this week. The Holy Ghost is just the most awesome experience God can ever give you. Is there anybody in here that's ever received the Holy Spirit baptism, spoke in other tongues, and can identify with the power that God gives us? That's right. They spoke in tongues on the day of Pentecost. They spoke in tongues in uh, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 10. Uh, They received the Holy Ghost. Cornelius received the Holy Ghost, his family. They spoke in other tongues. Acts 19 says this. Watch this. 19 says they received the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues 
And that's how they knew they had the Holy Ghost. Because they heard them speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. And you, all you've got to do to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, the empowerment of God in your life, is repent. God, forgive me of my sins. I believe you went to the cross. You died for me. And I confess my sins before you right now. And then allow the man of God or whoever's appointed this church to baptize you in water in the name of Jesus. And all your sins will be remitted. The name of Jesus will be given to you. You will be baptized into the body of Christ. And, and the promise of the Holy Ghost is given to you when you repent and you're baptized. If you're not baptized, immersed in water, in the name of Jesus, do not leave this service tonight. I, I, I want to see you baptized in the name of Jesus tonight. If you ever believed anything anybody's ever told you, believe me, I can show you in the Bible. It won't take me but five minutes at the conclusion of this service. I can show you every place in the Bible where they were baptized. They said the name of Jesus over them. Everyone in the Bible, every single one was immersed in water all the way under, under the water. You say, well, Brother Winslow, every church doesn't do that. Well, I, I can't explain. I mean, I, I can't take up for every church. And tell you why they don't immerse, why they don't say the name of Jesus, why they don't receive the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. They're shortchanging people, though. But in this church, you can have everything the Bible says you can have. Is that good? And you know what's so great? You don't even have to join this church. That's how crazy we are. We're so crazy, you don't even have to get a Sam's card. You know, you, you don't even have to join. You can just come on and get what God's got for you. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? And if you go somewhere else to a church that doesn't act like us, we won't tell them what you did tonight. We won't tell them. It'll be a secret. And, uh, but, but that's what God wants to give everybody in this church if you just knew how gifted this man of God is, Brother Brown, I, I know him. He's a sincere man. He loves God. God is moving in his ministry, in his life. He knows the Bible inside out. I mean, my God, he's a, he's a walking religious dictionary. And, uh, and he loves people. He loves souls. He, he loves this city. He loves California. I'm just glad you got the man of God in the house of God with you tonight and his beautiful, wonderful assistant pastor, his wife. Now, I'm just telling you right now that whatever your need is tonight, Jesus can meet those needs. Can you say amen? Now, if, if I'm blessed, and I almost always are, every time I come to church, God speaks to me about the service. He tells me what he wants me to do. And, uh, you know, I've worked real hard on getting the place where I can let God and Sister Winslow tell me what to do. Uh, and it's not easy because none of us men like to be told what to do. Neither do I. But I've worked real hard at getting to the place where God can talk to me and tell me what to do. And, and I try to do everything the Lord tells me to do. I, I try to get the mind of God. And, and uh, tonight, if you'll use this much faith tonight, God is going to break the hold.
of all kinds of enemies tonight. He's going to break the strength, the hope of the enemy. For example, like, I know you don't believe this, but when I first got saved, I loved to cuss. And, and can you believe the Lord actually broke the cussing off of me? He broke that off of me. And I, I mean, I, would just, I just cussed. And, and when I got mad, I really could really cuss. And uh, I remember the first time I didn't cuss when I thought I would. I was working on my car, and that wrench slipped. I had a 1970 Fastback 302 Boss Mustang. Shoot, you know I couldn't stay safe and have that. You know, I, I, I had to get rid of that thing. My God, I was peeling rubber and, you know, and trying to outrun the cops and everything else with that thing. And truthful, I mean, really did try it several times. Couldn't outrun the radio. But, uh, but I slipped, I busted my knuckles, and, oh, my God, I was ready to let out a string of uh, some words. And, and then the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God in me just stopped me in, in, in its place. And, and I couldn't cuss. Wow. And so I got a hammer. And I started beating that motor with that hammer. Then I really wanted to cuss when I saw what I did. And once again, I stopped myself. That was the last time I, I cussed like, uh, like a sailor. It's the last time I beat a motor with a hammer. And, and so I found out that you didn't have to beat with hammers and you didn't have to cuss. But God broke that off of me. And tonight, trust me, God said, if people will let me, I'm going to break every kind of problem and trouble and habit that's upon you. Maybe you came out of a family that, uh, that, that had some hard times. And, uh, and because of that, you carry with you a, a mark, a mar in your life. You don't, you don't think very much of yourself. You don't have a lot of confidence. And that's binding you. You need that broke off of you. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe some of you are still got some habits that uh, you want to get rid of. You want to you get away from them. You want to break them. And God can break and will break those tonight if you'll let him. He told me tonight, I am going to break some things, loose some things off of my people. Now, there's some good news and bad news. God has always told me the good news and the bad news are usually the, the same news. And uh, the good news is tonight I'm going to be praying for quite a few people. The Lord spoke to me and said, I'd be praying for a lot of people tonight. I'll be speaking a word of faith. I'll be laying hands on you. I'll be breaking chains off of you tonight. I'll be agreeing with you in the name of Jesus for your home to be blessed. Some of you are going to go home, and God's going to give you a brand new home, a brand new house. He's going to give unity and faith in your home, in your marriage. Uh, don't tell your kids this, but God's going to uh, touch your kids and He's going to straighten some of them out. Glory to God. Oh, oh hallelujah. Woo, don't tell them. Let the Lord sneak up on them. And uh, just whatever it is that keeps you from excelling and keeps you from doing great, and doing good in your life, whatever that is, God said tonight, I'm going to break the hold of the enemy. Do you remember the story in the Bible? Everybody doesn't, but do you remember the story in the Bible? of three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how that the, the Babylonians conquered Israel and, and put them into captivity, and they became slaves. 
and how that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow. And, uh, and so they were bound up with ropes, and they were thrown into a fiery furnace to be executed because they would not worship the false gods. And the Bible said when they were thrown into the fiery furnace, it did not burn them. It didn't kill them. It was a miracle. And the ropes that had them tied began to burn and burned off and destroyed the things that was tying them up. And that's what God said, I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to send a fire to this church. Fire is worship. Fire is praise. Fire is faith. God's going to send it to this church tonight. Now, I never, I don't, no matter what God does in my ministry, I trust me, I don't get the big head, and I don't think I'm somebody, and, you know, I'm almost getting embarrassed sometimes when people announce me, this Brother Winslow's going to be used to God, and he's a great man, and, man, I get all embarrassed because I know I'm not a great guy. I'm just, I just, I'm, I'm connected to somebody great who makes me look good. You know what I'm saying? When I married Sister Winslow, everybody would say to me, how in the world do you get somebody that good looking? I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm not making that up all the time. I was very beautiful, and I'm so whatever I am. And, and I would tell them, come here, I want to tell you something. I really want to tell them I'm going to knock a knot on your head for saying I'm ugly. But I'd say, I can't tell you the secret. If I did, I'd have to kill you. I wanted to say, I just want to kill you anyway for saying that to me. But I'm telling you right now, God's fixing to take this service to a place in the Holy Ghost. Get ready to use your faith tonight because we're going to do something tonight you've never seen ever happen before. But I'm going to give you some scriptures, the Word of God, so you won't think Brother Winslow has gone loco tonight. My God, you mean we're going to do that tonight? Yes, we are. And then tomorrow night on Tuesday night, God whispered to me a while ago, sitting right there. He said, tomorrow night is family night. And he said, I want everybody to bring a picture of their family. And I want everybody, to, if they don't have a picture, to bring uh, a piece of paper with the name of their family on it. And whatever needs you want, whatever needs your family has, you write first names, not last names. I don't want you to think that I'm looking at the cards. You know, I had one lady, I was praying for people. I was telling them things that only... The doctor and them knew. And, and I, after church, I was walking out. This one sweet little lady walks up to me, and she's staring into my ear. I looked at her, and she looked away. Then she looked back in my ear again. I, I looked at her, and she looked away. So then I faked it like I wasn't. Like now I looked at her, and I caught her. I said, what are you doing? She said, I know you've got some kind of little device in that ear in there, and there's somebody around here telling you all this stuff. I said, I'm not even smart enough to get it right like that. I said, I wouldn't be able to hear the word right. I said, there's nothing in my ear. I said, you can probably look through there and see my hand on the other side. I said, but that's called the gifts of the Spirit. That's God working in the supernatural church. You know, you've had the man of God preach something. And you said to yourself, oh, my God, that's exactly what I need, haven't you? And sometimes the man of God will preach something, and you'll go, I read that yesterday. 
Because that's the way God moves in this church. Supernaturally, mind-blowing, unpredictable, unexplainable. That's what God does. That's how he works. He's such a different kind of God, does things kind of different. I'm not preaching against long hair, and I could care less uh, how long your hair is. But when I got saved, I had some really long, long hair. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to cut that hair. And that hair had always been a big deal with me, and probably that's why God spoke to me. And I was real rebellious. And the Lord said, I want you to get a haircut, and I want you to, get, I want you to cut your hair. I said, oh, God, I don't want to get a haircut. I like my long hair. But God said it. So I went to this barber shop, and I sat down, and, and uh, the Lord spoke to me. He said, no, you're not getting a haircut here. I thought he meant not, he changed his mind. I said, oh boy, great. I got up, got out of there. I had hair down here, down back of my waist. And uh, so I was driving, and he said, I didn't say you're not getting one. But you're not getting one there. So I went to another barber shop, and the Lord said, no, you're not getting one here. I thought, what is going on? So I said, Lord, what is it? Where do you want me to go? And about that time, I drove right by where I used to get a haircut when I was a child. And when I was a child, when I was a kid, I don't want to date myself, but back in those days, they had things called flat tops and GI cuts. Well, the Beatles had just come over to America, and I was wanting my hair to grow out. I want to be like a beetle. Well, my dad wouldn't let me cut, uh, let my hair grow out. And he'd tell that barber, cut it short. And that barber's name was Tebow. And when I drove by, about the time the Lord said, right there, and I looked, and it was Tebow's barbershop. And I used to drive by Tebow's barbershop before I got saved, and I'd stick my head out. He'd be sitting outside reading the newspaper. And my hair blowing in the wind, I'd holler, Tebow, you see this? You're not touching it. And I'd go by there sometimes and go, you're going to get shut down and go out of business. You're not cutting this hair. Because I was mad at him because he would cut it so short. When I was trying to grow it out and be like a beetle, I had beetle boots with a flat top. That don't work. You've got to have the hair in the boots. And uh, I said, Lord, please not Tebow. Because I knew that my God, if he could get his hands on me for all the cussing I did at him and all the pointing at it, I said, oh, my God, please not there. But that's the place where God told me to go get a haircut. I'm telling you right now, God, is he's not weird, but a lot of people just think when God starts moving, well, this I just don't understand this. He, God just moves in mysterious ways. And he does things that tries our faith. Trust me, it took a lot of faith to get in there. So I opened the door up, and there's old Tebow sitting in there. He looks up and sees me, and I'm telling you right now, uh, he says, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I need a haircut. You, I mean, I'm telling you, saliva. He started salivating. Uh, I'm not exaggerating. He got up, he said, you want a haircut? And I said, yes, I do. 
And man, I, it looked, to me, it looked like he got about six or seven clippers out. And I mean, he was just, he was ready to go to town. He put that thing around my neck. He said, what kind of haircut do you want? And I said, well, just give me a good haircut. He said, you want to cut all this off? I said, yes, I do. Man, he went to town. I mean, big, lock, just locks of hair was falling everywhere. When he got through cutting my hair, he wheeled me around to look in the mirror. My God! There had been no sun on those ears. And it looked like, you ever seen the big old gangster white walls? It looked like big old gangster white walls around the, my neck and my head. I looked like a squirrel. And I just thought to myself, oh, my God. He, Tebow was so happy. He said, no charge. I want to say, you scamp. You scoundrel. He said, you want to take your hair with you? I said, no. I was telling myself, oh, Lord, please don't ever make me come back here again. Then he asked me, why in the world did you get a haircut? I turned at him and I said, Tebow, I went to a Pentecostal church and God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I spoke in tongues. And I mean the fire of God came upon me. It's when I first realized I had a calling on my life because I started preaching. I got him up against the wall and I was in his face of preaching, kind of halfway anointed and halfway mad. And I told him about the Holy Ghost and the things of God. And I said, you don't have to get a haircut to be saved. I said, but that was something big to me. You know that. And God wanted to see if I'd sacrifice it. And I said, I did it. If the Lord don't talk to me about coming back here, Tebow, you'll never see me again. And out the door I went. Thank God I never went back there again. But you see, for me, for God to break that off of me, for God to check my wheel and see if I was willing to follow him, he used the test of that hair. To see if I would get a haircut, would I go to the barber I hated, and would I let him cut my hair? Tonight, you're not going to go to the barber shop, but God's going to reach down inside of you tonight, and he's going to just see, do you love me? Do you really want to serve me? Do you really want miracles in your life? I'm telling you, God is fixing to turn this place inside out. God's about to do some miracles in some families and some Marriages. How many's ready to let God do something miraculous in your life? Let's lift our hands and let's thank Him. I want you to start thanking God for your healing right now. I want you to start praising God that your wife or your husband or your kids are going to get saved. Look with me in the Word of God tonight. I want to read a scripture to you. And it's a very powerful scripture. If you don't read your Bible, then you probably don't really understand what I'm trying to tell you right now. But I read the Bible through every year from cover to cover. It's just something that God's told me to do, and I do it every year. This year, in 2015, God challenged me to read it twice. 
And right now, I'm, I'm caught up to reading the Bible twice through in 2015. I've read every word in that Bible. I don't know everything. I don't remember everything. I'll read things this year and that I didn't see, I didn't recognize last year. But I've read every word in that Bible. And if I understand anything, I understand that God thinks different than men. That God's ways are higher above than our ways. That you just, when God does things, it just, it, it, it blows your mind. It just makes you wonder. I don't blame people for coming to our church and wonder if we've lost our minds. My God, we clap our hands like crazy all during the church. we got all kind of instruments. Some of us even run at church. Some of us even get on the floor sometimes. I mean, I haven't seen that in a long time. But roll around on the floor under the Spirit. Now, we have church odd nights. I mean, just everything about God and the house of God just breaks the, 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 the mold on what people think church is until they get on the inside and start experiencing the love of God and the Spirit of God, and then all of a sudden they fall in love with raising their hands and worshiping God and dancing in the Spirit and the loudness of the church. Very seldom you see anybody go to sleep in one of our churches. I'm telling you right now that God moves in ways that just is beyond your comprehension. And that's why he teaches us to be obedient. Just obey me. Don't question me. Don't try to figure it out. Just believe me. I remember many years ago, uh, I just got saved. and On a Wednesday night, our church back in those days was quiet. Sunday night was the shouting night. Wednesday was the Bible study night. It was usually quiet on Wednesday. So I'd offer my kids ice cream after church. If you didn't get in trouble, you didn't make a lot of noise during church. We had ice cream. Well, that night, well, there was a missionary there, and the Lord told me to give my last uh, money to the missionary. So I took all my money out of my pocket, and I gave it to the missionary. We got in the car to go home. We drove by the ice cream place, and my kids looked over there, and they said, Dad, there, you're going by the ice cream place. And I said, well, Dad, don't have any money. I gave all my money to the missionary. Well, that, that didn't go well with my kids. They were upset about it. I heard them talking back there, Daddy's going to hell. And the other one said, no, Daddy's not going to hell. Yes, he is. He told a lie. And remember what Daddy said? If you lie, you're going to go to hell now. And they said, Daddy's going to hell. Well, I looked back there and said, no, he's not. I said, I, 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 I had to obey God. Yeah, but daddy, you said ice cream and we're not getting it. And that means you lied. Well, we got home and I was trying to think, oh my God, what do I do? And I searched everywhere for money in every pocket of every pair of pants. And I, we'd already hit the couch. And so there wasn't nothing in the couch. And I was in the kitchen with my head bowed. And I said, God, I can't believe that you take my last money out of my pocket and ask me to give it knowing that my kids wouldn't understand that. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, just look up in the top of that cabinet. I said, Lord, there's nothing up there. We don't ever put anything up there. And if I put any money up there, I'd sure know it. 
And if Sister Winslow knew I put it up there, she'd sure know it. And it'd be gone. And I'd reach my hand up in the top of the cabinet and all the dust in there. I could tell nothing had been there. And I could see the devil laughing at me. He said, reach a little further. And I reached a little further. True story. I'm not making this up. And I felt something. I pulled it out. And there it was, a $10 bill. Now, that's 1974. That was a lot of money back in those days. $10. I went in there. My kids had their pajamas on. I said, get up out of there. I said, didn't I tell you you're going to have ice cream? Well, yeah, Daddy, but I said, get in that car. Let's go get some ice cream. If Daddy says ice cream, he ain't going to hell. God somehow had put a $10 bill on the top of that. That's a true story, I promise you. You could call Sister Winslow. I won't say a word. I won't fill it in. I'll let you call her and ask her if that happened, and she'll tell you it absolutely happened. Or when I was preaching my second revival, little skinny evangelist, preaching my second revival, ran out of gas, no money, trying to get to the church to have revival. No gasoline. Car runs out. And we're close to the side of the road. We start praying. And I turned the key on. I said, I'm just going to say by faith. And when I turned the key on, the needle went all the way to full. That's a true story. That really happened. See, you can, some of you are clapping. Some of you, you got God in your life, but you can't even believe that. I mean, that just blows your mind. You're thinking, I'm making that up. But that's the way God is. He just does things that are just, it tests us. It tries us. Go get a haircut at T-Bone. I don't want to. Go do it anyway. Give your last $10 to the missionary. But God, how am I going to go to work that week? And how am I going to get ice cream for the kids? God just tries us. And he just asks us to do things. And he's so unorthodox. And he's so different the way he gets things done. I was working in a paper mill before I began to preach. We made uh, paper out of wood and big, huge machines. I mean, uh, it'd take uh, 10 of these churches just to put one of the machines that was in that paper mill. And I was working on that, uh, uh, that, uh, that, that machine. Uh, I can't remember which number it was. We had 18 of them. And we were changing out the size of the, uh, of the knives that cut the paper. And you're supposed to lock it off when you do that. And uh, because you've got people all up and down, I mean over 100 yards that machine stretches. And you've got people in different segments of that machine, some of them inside it, working. And someone could turn it over and, and cut your arms off or draw your arms or, or, or pull your, your body into one of the rollers. And so somehow somebody didn't lock it off. And while my arms was inside there trying to thread the paper, big iron rollers, someone turned the machine on. And it began to pull and it grabbed my arms and started to pull both of my arms into that machine. But just as fast as it began to move, it stopped. And my arms were stuck inside that machine. And I was hollering, and it's real loud in that factory, and I was hollering hoping that no one would turn the machine on again not knowing I was inside there. Well, finally, someone came over there and saw me, and they backed the machine up and opened up the valves of the machine and pulled my arms out. Just a little bruising, that's all. And then 
when they began to try to start the machine up, they couldn't start it up. Because over there in the box, the power had been completely shut off. And when they asked around, they couldn't figure out who had shut it off. They couldn't find out who was standing at the electric box over there a long way from the machine and had shut the machine off. It was God that had done that. And I told those men, I said, my God did that. God saved me. He kept me from losing my arms so that I could preach his word. I'm telling you, unexplainable things happen when you get around God. I'm not going to make any bones about it tonight. There's going to be some things happen tonight that's going to be hard for you to understand and hard for you to believe. How does God heal cancer? How does God heal diabetes? How does God open up blinded eyes? How does God uncripple people? How does God touch men? How does God touch men that are so dark? This man right over here, Brother Hearn, traveling with me on this trip in California, rode with the Banditos, motorcycle gang, one percenters. It was the Banditos that was in that shootout over in Waco. That man right there rode with the Banditos. They came to him and told him, we're going to make you the sergeant of the arms. That's the man that does all the hurting. That's the man that does all the shooting and the cutting. It was him that went up to one of the presidents of the banditos and said, I want to make this one of the biggest, baddest uh, uh, motorcycle gang in the United States. That man right there. But one day, after being behind, riding on a motorcycle with that group, his motorcycle went off the road, off an embankment, and it threw him in the air 60 miles an hour. And while he was in the air in that split second, he told God, if you'll help me that I can live through this, if you'll let me not be damaged in any way, I'm going to get up from here and I'm going to go to church and I'm going to give my heart and my life to you, God, and I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. I'll go anywhere. I'll say anything. And, you know, there he is right there. Both arms work. No broke legs. No concussion. He went straight to church. That, that next weekend, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost and gave him power and called him to preach. Well, anybody can be a white supremacist. Anybody can be a black panther. Anybody can be a, a hatred, a, 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 a prejudice-filled person. Anybody can ride in a a motorcycle gang, but who can give their heart to God, turn their life around, and start living for God, and start doing what God wants them to do? You're blessed, you hear me, to be in this church, to have a mind to want to live for God. You're the real heroes. You're the real strong people in this world. It's not the outlaw. It's not those people out there. It's when you walk in the door of a house of God and walk down an aisle and give your heart to God and start living for God. That's the real powerful people. Well, I want you to look in the Bible with me tonight in the book of Judges. And we're going to read in chapter number 7. And there was a man by the name of, name of Gideon who God used to bring victory to his people. 
I want to explain something to you right now. Back in the days of the Old Testament, when God's people were conquering the promised land, there were Hittites and Jebusites and Philistines and, and uh, Amorites in the land. And they were on the land that God had promised Abraham. And so they had to battle these nations. They had to fight them physically with swords and spears. But the people of God were outnumbered. Just like most of the time, we're outnumbered. When you go to the doctor and the doctor says it's cancer. And he says it's inoperable. There's nothing we can do about it. You're outnumbered. They tell you you're not going to make it. You're not going to live. I mean, one of the greatest miracles of healing of cancer I've ever seen in my ministry was a man in California that was in our service and God spoke to me and said, he's got cancer and I'm going to heal him tonight. And I, I asked him, I said, are, are you suffering with cancer? He said, I am. His name was uh, his Larry Young. And, and he lives in uh, Exeter, California. And, and he said, yes, I have cancer. I said, you've got cancer of the bladder, don't you? He said, I do. And, and I said, God's going to heal it. Come on up here right now. I'm going to pray for you. Now, that don't make sense. That's crazy, isn't it? That God would tell somebody that and that you just speak it. And it's hard for doctors to comprehend that. It's hard for people. You know what hinders us from getting our miracle? It's because it just seems like it's beyond anything that's real. God is so awesome and so great and He moves so miraculously that it's hard to put your mind around what God's doing. I believe it was your pastor that said, or maybe it was Brother Elms that said, when you give your 10% to God, God can do more with the 90% after you've given to God than if you had the 100%. That doesn't make sense to the carnal worldly mind. But to the Spirit of God, it makes sense that God can take 90% and get more done with it if you give to Him first than if you had all of it by yourself. And so He came up there and I said, I want to pray for you. I said, I see your cancer right now. God showed it to me. I saw it. I said, it's in your bladder, isn't it? He said, yes, it is. And I said, it's got three roots going out from that cancer in your bladder. And it goes up into different organs of your body. And I said, you're scheduled for, uh, for chemo, aren't you? And the doctor's not giving you a good prognosis. I said, but get ready. God's going to kill that cancer. God showed me uh, years ago, you don't pray for healing of cancer. You curse it. You cause it to die. It doesn't belong there in your body. That's not the will of God. That's not what God wants to be in your body. I know that. And I said, I'm going to pray in Jesus' name. The whole church is going to pray. It wasn't just my faith. It was everybody's faith. We begin to curse that cancer in the name of Jesus. The next day or the day after, uh, the pastor called me on the phone. He said, you know, that Brother Young you prayed for. I said, yes, and he wants to talk to you on the phone. I said, all right, tell him to call me. So he called me and said, Brother Winslow, he said, I, I, I am passing fluid. Uh, I, and it was a private place in his body. He said, I'm passing fluid out of my body. He said, it's kind of a milky, creamy, uh, white, yellow-looking stuff. He said, I'm worried about it. He said, I'm not doubting about God healing me, but this stuff is coming out of my body. I, I wasn't worried. I didn't, I, I, I'm serious. I, I don't worry about things. 
Especially when God says he's going to, that's, that's God. Not, I don't heal anybody. So I don't worry about it. And so all of a sudden, I, God spoke to me and I said, Brother Young, if you need to go to the doctor, go. But you're going to be all right. So we made an appointment. He went to the doctor. And the doctor says, that don't sound good. True story, I promise you, I'm not making this up. We can call Brother Young and extra. He'll tell you what God did for him. And the doctor said, that don't sound good. So we're going to run some series of uh, x-rays and things and see what's going on down there. When he come back in there and he had the x-ray of before and he had the x-ray took that day. And he put the old one up first, the one he'd already taken. And he said, see that, Larry? He said, see the cancer? And he goes, yeah, I see it. He said, see the tentacles? He goes, yeah. He said, watch, look at this. He said, this is the one we took just a while ago. He put that up and he said, do you see the cancer there? He said, I, I don't see it. Look real good and see if you can see it. He said, I'm looking, but I can't see it. He said, you know why you can't see it? Because it's not there. He said, you know what? Do you know what's going on? He said, you are expelling the dead cancer. He said, all that stuff that's coming out of your urine is the dead cancer that died in your bladder. Folks, I'm telling you, that really, really happened. Or the woman up in Reading, that God healed her back. She was born without certain parts in her back. You know, in your back, you've got those, I don't know what they're called, but you've got those little, those little bones on the outside edge, you know, that run on your back. And she was born without them. And because of that, she couldn't sleep on her back. And she couldn't hardly sit up in a hard chair of any kind because of that. And her back was in bad shape. And so while the Spirit of God was moving, God began to speak to me about this woman. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm telling you, I feel the power of God. I'm, I'm so fixing to start happening here in just a few moments. And so I said, I want to pray for your back. Your back's in bad shape, isn't it? She said, it is. And I said, come on up here. I want to pray for you. She got up there, and I started to lay my hand on her back, and I said, you wasn't in a car wreck. She said, no, you didn't hurt your back picking anything up. She said, that's right. I said, you don't have any bad disc. I said, but you were born without parts of your back. And God is not just going to take the pain away tonight, but when you get up in the morning, you're going to have brand new parts in your back that you've never had before. And she had not said a word about where she could sleep, where she couldn't sleep. She, I told her, I said, you go home tonight and you get out of that chair in your living room. That, that lazy boy. And you get in your bed tonight because you're going to sleep tonight. In your bed and you're not going to wake up. Folks, people can't do that. Doctors can't do that. But Jesus Christ, the miracle worker, can do it. And you know what the Lord told me just three weeks ago? He said, if you'll get my people, if you'll get strangers, if you'll get sinners, 
to start following me and get them to get as close to me as they can get. He said, that's how you get your miracle. You get close enough to me and I'm the miracle worker and I'll start working miracles. You stay a long way from God and you're not going to get them. But tonight, if you'll get up and just start getting close to God, I'm going to get close to God. I'm going to draw near to God. That's how you get your miracle. Well, this, this big old boy over here, this, my God, this Holy Ghost bouncer over there. Huh? I've been praying for him off and on all day today. I looked over my shoulder to see if he'd be here tonight. And he showed up. God's touching this man. I'm going to tell you something. If he'll let God, God's going to do some powerful things in his life. He's going to pass a lot of you up. Some of y'all praying for him to get the Holy Ghost, but he's going to get the Holy Ghost and he's going to get up ahead of most of you. There's not but one thing better than a little guy with the power of God and that's a big guy with the power of God. Come on, let's believe God that tonight's the night God gives him the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight. The blood of Jesus is on him. He's contemplating change. He's trying to find the way to get to God. He's trying to figure it out. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. Well, he showed that old guy. So that, that's the dead cancer coming out of your body right there. That girl got those things on the back of her back. She went home, went to sleep that night, come to church the next night, and she said, my God, I told my husband, run your hand on my back and see if there's anything there. And, and as soon as she, he touched her back, she said, I, 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 can, I can sense, I can feel it. He said, I can feel it too. She went to the doctor, and every one of her spine, every joint in her spine had those little tabs, those little things on her back. Those things is what protects your spine. Or the lady that came to church and uh, 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 outside of Hollister, uh, town starts with an S, and, and, and she came in there in a wheelchair. And, uh, and the Lord spoke to me and said, go back and pray. It's her spine. She was in a wreck, and her spine's messed up. And I went back there, and I said, you know, I can't heal you. And I look at you, and I, I try to figure out, my God, what are we going to do with you? I said, but it's not up, up to us to do it. It's God. I'm telling you, God does things that are so different and strange, and it doesn't make sense. If you're going to serve God when it makes sense, you're not going to ever serve him. If you're going to wait till God explains everything to you before you get baptized, you'll never get baptized. Because this thing is so awesome, it's so big, there's no way you can wrap your mind around it. You've got to wrap your heart around it. You've got to walk by faith. You've got to believe in it, and it'll work. Well, she's in that wheelchair, and God said, I'm going to let you, you can do it. I want you to run your hand down the outside of on her back and said you just pray and I'm going to heal this back up and I put my hand on her back and I ran it down her back and up two or three times and I felt something pop in her back I jumped back thought my God what, what did I do and all of a sudden she hollered she said oh my God I feel feeling running down into my legs and down into my feet folks 
when they unstrapped her and they pulled those little paddles out of the way and she stood upright there in the name of Jesus and the Lord had done a miracle right there in that woman's life. Doctors couldn't understand it. When she showed up, they couldn't get their mind around it. Don't wait till you figure it out. Don't wait till it makes sense. Just do what the Bible says. Just do what the Holy Ghost says. Just do what Jesus says. I'm going to move real quickly here because I need to start praying. And then we're going to do something in the closing of this service. going to blow your mind. You've probably never seen anything like it. And if it's something that you just, don't go tell everybody on me about it. I want you to keep it a secret tonight. But it's what God told me to do, and I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't make sense, remember Jesus made mud out of his spit, put it on the eyes of the blind man and said, go wash. Remember he told Naaman, go out there and dunk seven times. And on the seventh time, he comes out of the water and the leprosy is gone. Those are things that just, people just, I don't know what it is, people just want to question God. Why was it seven? Why wasn't it six? I preached about David and Goliath and a man came up to me after church. Can you imagine that? David kills a giant with a stone and all the guy could ask me is, why do you have five? I looked at him, I said, what? Are you, what? He said, well, why did he have five stones? Did he think he might miss four times? I said, hello, dummy. Goliath had four brothers. And did you know that all the descendants of David killed those four brothers in battle? David had five stones because once he slew Goliath, if any of those brothers showed up, they's going to get a rock just like Goliath got. You know what that tells me? It doesn't matter what you have when you walk in the door of this church. God's got a stone for it already. I don't care what the disease says. I don't care what the pain says. I don't care what your friend says. I don't care what the doctor says. If Jesus says healed, if Jesus says forgiven, if Jesus says it's done, then it's done. Oh, my God. I wish somebody would give God some praise right now. Be seated. In the word of God, the Bible said that Gideon was going to battle. I'm not going to even read the scripture. I'm just going to tell it to you right now, and we're going to move in faith. The Bible says that Gideon was going to battle against the enemies of God and the enemies of Israel. And the Bible said he had over 20,000 soldiers. And God spoke to him and said, that's too many. I only want 300 men. To go to battle against your enemies. I'm going to tell you, that doesn't make sense. When you're going to go fight a big, large army, and you're already outnumbered, and God says, I don't want you taking 22,000. I don't want you taking 30,000 men to battle. I only want you to take 300 men. Now that takes some faith. Now I'm telling you right now, I know for a fact, I feel it tonight, this church has 
unbelievable faith. It's what I love about this church. It's why I love coming to this church. It's why I love preaching at this church. Because this is a faith church. It believes God. It believes what the Bible says. So the Lord tells Gideon, and it goes through a process. You can read that yourself later. It goes through a process to where he's only got 300 men. And then Gideon walks up to those 300 men and said, I want every one of you to get a sword. All right. Hallelujah. I want every one of you to get a trumpet. Well, all right. I don't know what we can do with a trumpet, but praise God. May we'll deafen the cries of the enemy. They all got trumpets. And then can you imagine that the Lord said, everybody go get pitchers. This is a pitcher. In those days, they were made of clay. You couldn't see through them. If I had a little more time, I'd sprayed it brown. And he said, I want you to get a torch. I want you to get a trumpet. And I want you to get a pitcher. And I want you to light that torch. And I want you to put that pitcher over that torch. And when they did, it caused the light of the torch to stop. And it looked dark. And then the Bible said, the man of God said, when I cry out, sword of the Lord and Gideon, you break your pitchers and you blow your trumpets. And when they did that, their enemy got confused and started uh, 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 attacking each other. Let me tell you something. You may not know this, and I don't have time to teach it. But the Bible says the devil is organized. He has powers of darkness. He has principalities. There's demons. There's devils. It's in the Word of God. And they're all organized, and they work in unison together against the people of God. There are literally, really demonic attacks against men of God, against churches, against people of God. You've, you've, you've felt it when everything starts going wrong. You get so oppressed. You don't know why you're depressed. It just seems like everything's going wrong. That's an attack of the enemy trying to stop the faith of God, trying to stop the favor of God. And Sunday while I was in this church, God revealed to me and showed me that there was an organized attack of the enemy against this church and against this pastor and God told me yesterday I'm going to destroy it I'm going to break it I'm going to stop it and this is what the Lord told me to do he said you better talk about how crazy I am before you do it you better warn them and give them examples of the mud in the eye of the blind man and naming Duncan seven times and all this stuff because you know how I am. The Lord's telling me this. You know how I am. I'm different. And I do things different. I ask you to give your last $10, then give you a $10 bill on the top of a cabinet. I send you to a revival without enough money and then fill your gas tank up with gasoline. And when you tell somebody what God did for you, they look at you. Cuckoo, 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 cuckoo. There's people that 
they look at you and you talk about how God moves in this church and they think you're cuckoo, you're crazy, you lost your mind. And I'm going to tell you something. That's when God starts really moving. That's when people really think God is loco. But that's called faith. When you believe God. I preached one night, this little woman got up from that church and went out to a place where she put her application in, laid her hands on that building, and declared she'd get a job. The next day at 3 o'clock, they called her, and she got a job. You say, you don't get jobs like that. Yes, you do. If you have faith in God, you do. Or a man sitting right here where this man here was sitting, and I was preaching in Austin, Texas. And I looked at him, and God spoke a name to me. And I looked at this guy and I said, I said, who is John? And he said, that's me. And I said, God just showed me the name John when I looked at you. I said, who, whose canes are those? He said, those are my canes. I said, well, get ready, John, because God's going to heal you and uncripple you and you're not going to need those canes anymore. And he came out there with those canes. I said, can I have them? I'm not making this up. It really happened. And he said, yes. And I said, do you believe God's going to heal you? He said, I do. I said, tell everybody you believe God's going to heal you. I believe everybody. Everybody, I believe God's going to heal me. I said, you won't need these no more, will you? He said, no. So I broke them. Now, son, you do something like that. You are loco. You hear me? You're crazy. But that's what faith, faith just gets to a place. I mean, can you imagine? I, there's no telling how many people told this guy, where are you going to start a, to build a church? Where? Who do you know over there? I know Jesus. I know Jesus. His folks live in Tennessee. And he's over in California. You know what? That's because that's the way God works. I said, you won't need these. And I broke them. You ought to have seen everybody in that church. They were all going, we don't know this preacher. We're not part of this. You know, no, no, no. He's on his own. I, I can almost read the mind of the pastor. Don't worry, church. He won't be coming back. I can, I can already see the mind of, of, of the secretary. We're going to deduct those out of his check. Because in their mind, they thought God was going to fail. Do you know, I never think of that. It never crosses my mind that God's going to fail. No, it doesn't. I don't care what you think or what you say. I know a God that doesn't fail. I know a God that's capable of doing it. And so I broke those canes and I throwed them in the back of the church. The preacher told me that's, that's the only time you've seen some people move that fast and you know, I just threw him back in. I said, you won't need these no more. I laid hands on him in the name of Jesus. He started walking. He walked all over that building. God healed him right there instantly. So after church, they, 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 in Austin, they only had one service. And, this, and after church, they were having a barbecue and a picnic for the church. And so there's a big thing going on over the ball, uh, softball diamond. And the pastor said, come on, let's go over there. Something's going to a big crowd around and went over there, and what it was is John was playing right field. And every time they'd hit the ball out there to him, and he'd take off running to go get it, they would run the bases. They would just stand there with their mouth open, 
watching John run out there. He came to church crippled up. God healed him. The man of God broke his canes. And he's out there playing softball. Come on, folks. That sounds like a pipe dream. But it's God's miracle power. God said, if you're crazy enough to believe me, I'm going to move in this church and I'm going to break every hold the enemy's God against my people. I'm going to change this church. This church is going to a new level. It's never been in. People in this church are going to walk out of here and they're going to have jobs they've never had. They're going to have finances they never had. They're going to have faith like they've never had. God said, I'm going to put their house back together. I'm going to put their family back together. I'm going to heal their bodies. I'm going to destroy sickness. This is the house of God. And in this house, anything is possible. Well, here's what, here's what Gideon did. Those men, they broke those pitchers. And when they broke those pitchers, the light sprung forth. And it confused the enemy. And the Lord said tonight, I want you to get a pitcher. And I want the people of God to put all their prayers inside that pitcher. And I want you to break that pitcher in the name of Jesus. And when you break that pitcher, I am going to break the carnality I'm going to break the humanity. I'm going to break the doubting. I'm going to get out all the unbelief. He said that picture made of clay is synonymous of the carnal, fleshly, worldly thinking and feeling that we have. And God said, I want to destroy the doubt. I want to destroy what the flesh says. The flesh says, I'll never be healed. The flesh says, my family will never be saved. The flesh says, I'll never have a great job. The flesh says, I'll never own a house. I'm telling you right now that God says, I'm going to break the flesh tonight. What did he do on the cross? He tore his flesh. He broke his flesh on the cross so that we could have miracles. This is what the Lord told me to tell all of you tonight. You know, back when I was a kid, there was an old saying that people had. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost like crazy tonight. And I'm fixing to act crazy. I can feel it. I can, I can feel it so strong in the Holy Ghost. God said, when you break that picture tonight... I'm going to send my power all over this place and every prayer request that they put inside this picture. And I said, well, God, do I get paper? Do they write it on paper? God said, no. You walk down the center aisle of each one of these aisles of this church and by faith they'll just, in the name of Jesus, they'll, they'll, they'll put the names of their family or whatever illness or whatever miracle they need in a, in a spiritual paper and they'll see it in their mind and they'll throw it inside this picture they'll put the name of their children the name of their healing, the name of their miracle in here and they'll fill it up by faith, God calls those things that are not as if they are and when you get that and they throw all their prayer requests in there, then you break that when you break that, you tell them to give me a shout of praise and when they give me that shout of praise I'm going to cause their enemy to run I'm going to cause their enemy to flee. I'm going to break all the hindrances off of this church. Come on, let's stand right now and let's give God some praise. Will you do it with me right now? Get ready to put your request. 
Maybe you got a nod, a tumor, a nodule. Maybe your kids are on drugs. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you need somebody to get the Holy Ghost. You need to get ready to believe God that when we break that picture, that God is going to anoint this place with supernatural power. Everybody, everybody, raise your voice. Everybody. If you're not a worshiper, if you've hardly ever worshipped, raise your voice. Raise your voice. Try it tonight. See if it works. Have a little faith. Do something that seems impossible. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's 15 miracles of healing in the stomach. There's nine miracles of healing of diabetes in this church. There's seven miracles of high blood pressure in this church. There's two people in here that God wants to heal your heart, your heart valve, your heart. God wants to open up your heart. He wants to touch the blood flow in your body. There's five miracles of the healing of extremely high cholesterol in your blood. My God, big boy's about to get the Holy Ghost over there. Look at it. Look at old big boy. He's about to get the Holy Ghost. He's worshiping. He's got a smile on his face. He's rocking back and forth. He's about to get the Holy Ghost. Don't worry, big boy. You just start praising God. And when that language comes out, you don't worry about it. You just let it flow. Just let it come out in another language. That's the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. There's some miracle of healings in the knees, in the legs, in the feet, in the back, in the shoulders, in the arms. Will you believe with me tonight that God's going to heal hepatitis? Some of you have been battling oppression for years. You don't even know why you're oppressed. It's just hereditary. And God is going to break it tonight. Come on, let's praise him, everybody. I, I can't do this till you get crazy. You're going to have to get crazy a little bit with Brother Winslow tonight. You mean to tell me that just by the breaking of a pitcher, God's going to do miracles? No, but by the obedience of the breaking of the pitcher, God's going to do miracles. He's not going to do it because I broke a pitcher. He's going to do it because he asked me to do it. All right. I want everybody in this church. Now, if you're afraid... Brother Winslow's going to jump on you. Then you can hide in the back of the group. Just get behind somebody real big. And you can hide behind them. And I won't get on to you about it. But in just a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to step out. This man over here has got a miracle over his head in that striped shirt. Yes, sir, you, brother. 
You get ready. God's got a miracle for you. Of the many things that God's going to do for you tonight in the near future. God said, those people that have taken advantage of you, those people that don't want you to be promoted and get ahead, God said, I'm changing that right now, and I'm touching you, and you're going to get what belongs to you. God said, money cometh. God said, I'm going to supply your needs, and I want you, God said, he wants you to quit worrying about retirement. God said, when retirement comes, if you'll do what I ask you to do, you won't have to worry about it. And you're going to get a double touch tonight in this service tonight. This uh, lady, this lady in the uh, really beautiful uh, looking blouse or uh, different colors. Is it? Tur- yes, you. God said he's touching you tonight. He's going to heal your body tonight. Something you've had for years that you've been battling. God's going to touch you. You're getting a double dose of the Holy Ghost tonight. You're going to be a real worshiper. God's going to anoint you with real worship. You've been a follower. You've been following people. And God said, get ready tonight because you're going to start following me. And you're going to get ahead of a lot of people that you've been following. God said, you're going to stop being a follower, hanging behind. And God said, I'm going to anoint you and I'm going to touch you and I'm going to move in your life. And I see the word children written right there in front of you. And God said, I've got a miracle about that word children for you tonight. Come on, everybody. All right, here we go. Here's what I want you to do. I want you, when I tell you I'm going to pray a prayer, when I, when I get to pray in that prayer, I want the ones that are the most hungry, the ones that need to put the most prayers, or you just absolutely feel like, my God, tonight's my night. I'm with you, Brother Winslow. I know what you're saying. I want you to make sure you get to close to the front as you can get. And then if you're kind of scared a little bit, you know, uh, a little unnerved by Brother Winslow's wildness tonight, well, you better not read your Bible because I'm going to tell you there's a wild God in there doing some wild stuff. You could kind of hide in the back a little bit. You know, I guarantee you before it's all over with, you'll be pulling everybody out of the way and saying, I'm getting up there too, glory to God. God said tonight, you're going home with some miracles tonight. Miracles for your family. Yes, you. And the Lord said there's a, there's a religion, there's a belief in some of your family that hinders them when it comes to the supernatural and the Spirit of God. And God said tonight, you're going to take huge leaps in faith tonight. God said, I'm going to fill your mind up with words. When you start talking to them, the things of God's going to start making sense. You're going to start speaking to them. God said, matter of fact, God said, in your future, I've got a miracle for a doctor. God said, there's a doctor that's going to be in your life, that I've got a miracle for that doctor. And God said, I'm going to put a witness inside of you, and I'm going to put the witness of the Holy Ghost on you and the witness of the power of my name on you, and you'll never be the same after tonight. And, 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 and somebody that you cared about, somebody that you thought the world of hurt you, they, they said things, they did things, they hurt you, And God said, I'm healing you of that right now. You'll never feel that in your spiritual heart anymore. God said, I'm taking the thorn out of your flesh. I'm healing your body. The joy is coming back. The strength is coming back. You'll never have fear at night anymore. You'll never be afraid because you're going to know the angels of God and camping around about you tonight. God said, I'm healing your eyes. 
I'm touching your eyes tonight. I'm touching your neck and your back tonight. God said, I'm going to do some healing in your body tonight in Jesus' name. All right, let's pray together and get ready. Remember what I said? The most hungriest need to get as close to the front as you can get tonight and pursue and press after God. That young lady back there in the very back, back there with the uh, black and, uh, is that flowers on your blouse? Yes, you. Uh, were you going to come to, the, to pray tonight? Great. I want you to get as close to the front. I, I got a word for you. I want to pray for you tonight. God said, I'm, I'm going to put an end to some things tonight that you're battling. It's coming to an end. Let's come to the front, everybody, right now in Jesus' name. Brother Hearn, come on up here and get ready to help me. And this other dear brother that helps us all the time. Yes, brother. Brother Paul. The Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. Uh, get, move that over out of the way real quick here. Let's bring, get, get, get that table out of the way. And uh, uh, leave those markers here. And let's move this back a little bit. And when we break this thing, Brother Hearn, I'm going to let you break it, Brother Hearn. Okay? And uh, this guy here can preach now. I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm afraid to give him the microphone. Uh, he'll, he'll scream like a Comanche Indian. He'll be on top of you so fast you won't even see him coming. He's not the Holy Ghost, but he's kin to it. God's done a work in his life. And I'm telling you, every one of you in here that think you're bound up and you can't get free, you look at this man right here. This man actually thought he was going to have revival in, in the banditos. But God said, I got a different kind of revival for you to be a part of. Instead of building the banditos, he's building the kingdom of God now. Just a few months ago, we had a young lady... God spoke to her, and God gave her revelation. I spoke a word of faith to her. She was a Muslim, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost, converted her, changed her life around. And after church, she said, I am no longer a Muslim. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. We don't have to fear ISIS. We need to convert them. We need to start having revival. I'm going to tell you, we're going to experience revival in the next few minutes. And tomorrow night, oh, my God, I'm going to be doing some things tomorrow night. It's going to make this look like kid play. God's already spoke to me about the service tomorrow night. I'm going to do some things tomorrow night. It's not going to be enough to hurt nobody. Don't be afraid. And uh, once again, don't go home and say, oh, that preacher, he believed that we put our prayer request in there. And he took a hammer. Now, that's a little bitty hammer now. Hallelujah, my God. I guess it don't take but a little bit of faith. He believed that we put prayers in there. And he broke that pitcher and the glass went all up in the trash can. And he believed that God did some things. Yeah, that's right. You better believe I do. God's going to heal some Young people that need a healing of ADD and ADHD, uh, that autism thing. How many believe God can heal autism? There's five, young, there's five teenagers in this church right now that you know in your life, you know exactly what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to college, and you know what you're supposed to do in the college. You already know it. But you're so worried about can you make the grade. And God said tonight when I break that picture, if you'll believe and have faith, I'll give you a photostatic memory. Don't you know that just blows teachers' minds that you can read something and remember it? Huh? God said I'll do that for five teenagers in this building that's going to go on in their life, become doctors and leaders and take the Holy Ghost with them in Jesus' name. There's three miracles of the healing of asthma. In this church right now, and several that's got severe allergies, 
that God's going to heal. There are many here tonight that have headaches, repeating headaches, and some that have uh, migraine headaches. And God's going to heal that tonight in the name of Jesus. Now, I told you I was going to give a word to so many people. and I'm doing it right now. I'm speaking all these things out in the name of Jesus. There's a woman here tonight. I know exactly who you are. I can walk right up to you. But it's nobody else's business. I'm going to speak a word of faith to you right now. It's like when you get ready to talk to people and you get around people, it's like something goes up, a curtain. It's like you can't speak to them. You can't talk to them. You can't speak freely. Something clams up. Something closes down on you. It's hindering you when you come to church. And God said, when that picture breaks, I'm going to break that thing off of you. You're not going to have any kind of public fears or any kind of inabilities when it comes to associating with people in Jesus' name. There's three men of God in this church, three preachers in this church whose ministry is going to change tonight when we break this picture. You're going to start getting messages from God and God's going to put fire inside of you and you're going to start speaking the word of faith. You've been worrying about your ministry and where you're going to preach at, what you're going to do. You'll never worry another day. Because God said, I'm going to put the preacher on the inside of you and the preacher's going to be with you 24 hours a day. God's fixing to touch the pastor's wife tonight. God's got a miracle of healing for her tonight in her body. But what God's got for her that's going to really bless her tonight, when we break that picture, God is going to give her an unending strength to do all the things that she does for God. Sometimes she gets so worn out, so tired, and her body starts getting weak, and her immune system has broken down three times the last five years. And God said, I'm going to heal her immune system. And I'm going to touch her. She's got three people in this church that's heavy on her heart. And there's one that is, I don't know if they're just, uh, if they're just getting so cold, it looks like they're about to backslide or if they just backslid. And God said, I'm going to move in on that prayer request. And I'm going to touch that prayer request that the woman of God has got on her heart. God said, I'm sending help to this church. I'm going to send financial help to this church. I'm going to send spiritual help to this church. God said, I've got five specific families that I'm going to sow into this congregation that's going to help in Sunday school and altar working and praise and worship and prayer. The man of God can't do it all, folks. The man of God, if you want to know what the Bible really says, the Bible says the man of God is to fast and pray and get the word of God. And I know he's got a bunch of helpers already, but what God's got for this church is so powerful. I don't make this stuff up. Believe me, there's a lot of churches I preach for them all the time. I never say these things. And here you are in this place. This lady right here standing here right now, God's going to heal you tonight. He's going to touch you. And you're coming out from under some abuse, some things that you've been through that's in emotional things that you've been, and it's happened way back. And God said, I'm going to touch you tonight. And your metabolism is so messed up and so stressed out and you've had an attack on your thyroid and God's going to touch your thyroid. I'm telling you right now, you've got a sore place in your body, a tender place in your body that you're worried about and God's going to touch you tonight. And listen to me, you've got a ministry. You've got a work to do for God. I'm not calling you to be a preacher. 
But you've got a work to do in this place. But things in your family has been hindering you and stopping you from doing the will of God, especially the attack on, your, uh, on the children around your family. And God said, when that thing breaks, I'm going to whoop some devils. I'm going to spank some demons that's been coming against you. And God said, I'm going to give you the gift of tongues tonight. That's not just speaking in tongues with the Holy Ghost. That's warring in in tongues. That's praying in tongues. That's speaking in tongues to create miracles in your family. God's going to do it. I want you to remember what I, I want you to remember what I'm telling you tonight about your heart. God said, "I'm touching your heart tonight, inwardly, spiritually, emotionally, but I'm touching it physically right now. No high blood pressure for you in the future. Let's believe God right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Are you ready, Brother Hearn? Hold that picture out in front of you. I want everybody right now to start putting your prayer request inside there right now in the name of Jesus. Just take it and throw it and watch it with your eye in the spirit going right inside that picture. See it going in there. Put as many in there as you think you need to put in there. Do it right now. Let's praise while we're doing it. Oh, Jesus, I believe in you. I know what you're doing. I know how you operate, God. I've got faith in you, Lord. I know how powerful you are. I believe all of this sin stain is going to leave tonight. I believe all this attack of the enemy is going to be broken tonight in Jesus' name. I believe the enemy is going to scatter. I believe the enemy is going to attack itself. I believe confusion is coming on the attack of the enemy against us. I believe you're going to heal people all over this building and you're going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. Get ready for the Holy Ghost. That's it. Keep praising. Get ready. I'm going to point at five people. God's going to show me five people. When I point at you and tell you to come up here, I want you to write a miracle on this picture. This sister right here. With a beautiful scarf. Come up. Yes, you. Come over and give her that picture and give her that marker. I want you to write a miracle on here. It could be anything. Healing. Healing of cancer. Outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Let's pray everybody while she's doing it. Lord, in the name of Jesus, she is writing a miracle that everybody's going to have a right to right now in Jesus' name. Let's praise him. I want this... this I want you to come right now. I want you to write a miracle on this in Jesus' name. Let's pray everybody while she's writing. In the name of Jesus. Anything is possible to him that believes. Oh, glory to God. Let's praise him, everybody. I want this brother back here in the blue T-shirt. Yes, come up here. I want you to write a miracle on this. Just whatever you feel led of God in your heart. Amen. Come on, get ready. This little sister here, she started ahead of us. She's not waiting on us. My God. She said, my God, come on. Come on. I'm going to start talking in tongues and worshiping God right now. I'm not waiting on nobody else. I'm getting my miracle right now. Hallelujah. I'm getting unshackled. I'm getting released. I'm getting full of power. I'm getting full of joy. I'm going to get drunk in the spirit tonight. I'm going home happy.
Hallelujah. Hey, hey, big boy, come up here. Come on, big dude. I got to get your name. I got to quit calling you big dude. Write something. Write something on there in Jesus' name. It can be money, healing. In the name of Jesus, man, you're about to get the Holy Ghost, son. Shoo! I'm going to be on his team. How about y'all? He'd make, he'd make one good usher around this place, wouldn't he? Hallelujah. Get ready. Just step right there. Get ready for the Holy Ghost to come on you. Oh, God. That's four, isn't it? And then this sweet little dear sister right here. You're number five. Just write whatever you feel led of God to write on there in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you want to write, Brother Winslow's getting a million dollars. Go ahead. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'll accept it. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is real, folks. I'm not making this up. This is real. God's touching you tonight. He's going to heal you. You've had low blood and anemic in your blood. God's going to heal your blood. You're way too young to have these days of being wore out and tired. God's going to touch you. Your immune system's coming up. God's going to touch you. There's somebody that looks a lot like you that favors you, that God's fixing to touch and change their life in 2015. Get ready. God's going to do it. Okay, here we go. We've got all the prayer requests inside there. Let me put something in there. Jesus' name, hallelujah. Now let's pray over them. God, when we break this picture, as you've told us to do today, I believe all the enemy, all sickness, all oppression is going to be broken off of this church. And this church is going to worship with such a voice of triumph and praise. And you're going to move all over this place in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, feel those with the Holy Ghost that needs it, those that need to be rebaptized in water in the name of Jesus, speak to them, God. Let them know about it. Now, when you get your blessing, get ready. When you get your blessing, let's bring it back a little further. When you get your blessing, I want you to turn and start praying for people. This this young man right here, I'm going to come over and lay hands on you. Where's the lady? I said, I want to pray for her. Where's she at? Who, where's the lady? I said, get real, get up close here. Hallelujah. Because once they get started, they're not going to let me through. Get right up front right there. Stand right there. Get one of your, anybody come to church with her? Get, get right beside her right there. Get ready. In Jesus' name, God said he's fixing to touch you right now. If I was to tell you that God showed me that he was going to give you a brand new mind, and that the attack on your mind, you're going to get healing in your mind right now. And there's some people who put so much pressure on you for so many years. That's why you're where you're at right now. And there's somebody that threatens you. They put a threat out against you. That they're going to hurt you. And God said, when that picture breaks, God said, angels will stand around you. And they're not going to hurt you. And there's a word written right in front of you, and I can see it. And it's, it's something to do with a miracle. And the word is children. And God said, you get ready because I've got miracles about kids and children around your life right now in Jesus' name. The Lord said, from this day forward, I will give you favor when it comes to courts, any lawyers or any judges or anything of that nature. I'm going to give you favor. 
And right here, right here in your Right here at the base of your throat, there's a miracle God's going to give you right here in, the, in your throat. You've had attacks of choking where your throat closes up and the attack of that. God said, I'm stopping that. You're one of those that's had some asthma problem breathing. God said, I'm going to heal you of that. You've had some tremendously bad allergies, sinus infections, and God's going to heal you of that right now. God said, you get ready. I'm going to pour my spirit upon you. You're going to be a new woman. And when they see you this week, they're going to look in your eyes and they're going to know they don't have it over you no more. Something's happened to you. Okay, here we go. When we get through praying, I don't know why. I keep thinking it's fixed to be 4 o'clock and we got to get out of here. I, I just, that thought just came through my mind right now. That wasn't the Lord. That was me. I, was, I just stopped all of a sudden and thought, is it, how close to 4 o'clock is it? Whew. Glory to God, man. All right, here we go. This is it. Now, when you get through getting your blessing, I want you to turn. If there's a visitor that's here, I want you to tell, point at me and say, Brother Winslow, here's a visitor. I want to come over there and pray for them because God's going to wash them in his blood and they're candidates to be baptized if they haven't already been baptized. If you were baptized when you were a kid you don't remember it, you need to be rebaptized. If there's an old church of the Frigidaire, an old cold church that baptized you, that don't count. You need to be baptized in a red-hot church that really believes in the things of God. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, let's pray in Jesus' name. Are you ready? Now, here's here's what they did in the Bible. The Bible said Gideon cried out, Sword of the Lord and of Gideon, and they broke their pitchers, but we're not going to do that because we're not Hebrew Jews, and Gideon's not our leader. And we're not going to holler out, Sword of the Lord and Brother Winslow. That won't get you nothing. But we're going to holler out, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want everybody in this church that needs a refilling of the Holy Ghost to raise your hand. Brother Wenzel, I need to be refilled. I haven't spoken in tongues in a while. I need the fire of God. Hold your hand up right now. Hold it up high. Let me see all those that need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Hold it up. Okay, put it down. How many... Feel the Holy Ghost. you got a lot of it. You just want more of it. Hold your hand up right now. God's going to give that to you in Jesus' name. All right, set it down. All right, here we go. Get ready. Lift your hands. When I say, in the name of Jesus, Brother Hearn, kind of, yeah, because it's going to, when you hit it, it's going to blow up. When I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, Brother Hearn, I want you to break it in Jesus' name. And then we're going to throw our hands up, and everybody in this building, Lift your voice and cry out as loud as you can. Worship God with your feet. Worship God with your hands. Worship God with your voice. Our praise singers, uh, as soon as we give this shout of praise, get up here and start playing. Then everybody, once you get through praising, when God gets through touching you, I want you to turn and start praying for everybody around you. If there's visitors in this building and they're praying, I want you to get my attention. I can get down there and pray for them, a prayer of faith. Let's do it. Lift your hands. Get ready. Here we go. Are you ready? One, two, three. In the name of Jesus Christ, give him the praise. In the name of Jesus. Yes. 
in the name of Jesus 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 come on that's it give him a shout of praise get up on your feet leap for joy give him praise Hallelujah. Come on, singers, start praising God. Lord, I command the pain to leave. I command the illness to be gone. I command the sin to be broken. I command the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. In the last day, say of God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. That's it. Shout unto God.